Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast. Along with Aaron Fitt, I'm John Manuel. Thanks so much for the download over at iTunes or joining us at BaseballAmerica.com. And remember, if you want to keep up with the latest in Baseball America doings, you can go to our Twitter page at Twitter.com backslash BaseballAmerica. Or you can email us, and we'll take podcast podcast questions later at podcast at baseballamerica.com. Now, all that's out of the way, Aaron. And it's not out of the way. We want to interact with our peeps or our tweets out there in the uh, in the community. But uh, we love the college podcast every week, Aaron. And we usually love the podcast better than doing the rankings. And this week's rankings were a study in contrast. As the top half of the rankings, fairly stable, and the back half of the rankings, boom, blew it up. I really just wanted to do a Baseball America Top 15 this week because the the last 10 teams, I mean, it was a mess. Um, but uh, I thought I thought I think it was funny in the meeting today. I think we breezed through the 15. There was almost no disagreement at all. That may not have taken even a minute. It was really easy. <laughs> but uh, uh, after that, I mean, you know. It's, it, there's a lot of parity right now in college baseball. I think you said it this morning, John. There's, um, there's, you know, after I think those top 15 or so teams, there was probably about 20 teams you could put in a hat right now. You could put in a lot of different teams at one. I feel very good about Cal State Fullerton being our number one team. Yeah. I think the Titans yeah. have had one bad weekend all season. It was the first weekend, and TCU has backed up since then. Yeah. And Cal State Fullerton has been – Pretty much full throttle, very difficult series this weekend in conference against Riverside, and they pitched fantastically. The bats came out on Sunday. How about those freshmen now? They got two, the two freshmen in the weekend rotation. Absolutely. Doing it for them. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, and the, to me, the big, the big development for them is we talked about in the preseason. Chris Davis was a big deal recruit for them. Yeah. In the last two years, one of the reasons they've been fairly offensively challenged, although last year I think they were a little bit better than we gave them credit for, but the last two years when they've gone to Omaha both years, correct? Not last <laughs> oh, not year. Not last, last year. It went two years ago after a poor regular season. Right. And last year, great regular season, lost in the Super Regional to uh, Stanford. But both those years, we were kind of waiting for a big bat to break out for them. And, and, boy, Chris Davis leads the team in home runs. Yeah. It's not a big guy, but he's a quick bat guy and a, a big recruit and also somewhat of a rarity for Fullerton because he's not a Southern California kid. He's an Arizona high school kid. They went out and recruited him. Uh, it certainly helps to – for them recruiting guys to have area code games there in the back in their backyard, but that's how they got Chris Davis, and he's really coming through with a big junior season for them, Aaron. Yeah, he is, and and you know he's a guy with with huge power, and and he was a huge disappointment for two years, and now you know, like you said, I think it's a great point, John. That's a key development for them, and it's just one more reason why. I mean, he was, I mean, he was basically a non-factor coming into this season. Absolutely, you know? I mean, he, he we knew he was there, but this team was a top five overall team heading into the year even without, without him. him. Exactly. So with him and with uh, with Noe Ramirez and and you know the freshman stepping forward, I mean, this team is. I'll tell you what. I think Ramirez and Pill are bigger developments. Yeah. We thought they'd be a good offensive team anyway, and we were wondering about their pitching. Right. They've pitched, I think, a little bit exceeding, not a lot, but exceeding a little bit of our expectations. I, I think I think this this weekend, you know, Irvine Fullerton uh, oh. is going to be is going to be crazy because these awesome. two teams are clearly the class of, of 
probably of, of the West. I mean, I other, than Arizona, other than Arizona State, which is in that mix. But um, certainly in the Big West, I mean, Irvine made a statement this weekend sweeping Cal Poly. Right, um, great Ful- point. Fullerton, you know, winning two out of three on the road against Riverside. Those are two wannabe contenders in the Big West. And then UC Santa Barbara, the, the, the fifth of those top five teams, uh, loses a series at Cal State Northridge, which is, is, is improved this year. Right. But that's a series you've got to win if, if you want to ha- really com- compete in this for, for a league title. Agreed. So, so we've got Fullerton, Irvine, a couple of top ten teams. We know all the, you know, all the history there. That's going to be a, a lot of fun this weekend. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. the West. And the other team we just talked about is maybe the best in the West. Arizona State, we really haven't talked about the Sun Devils too often on the podcast. They seem like they have a lot of 3-0, and 2-1 weekends. You know, that's just, just how they roll. They are, they are They're good. very solid. And this team lost a lot of talent from last year, but they did not lose one joker, and that is Mike Leak. And if you're picking a college baseball MVP right now, I think our player of the year is Steven Strasburg, unless he stubs his toe. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to happen. The guy's otherworldly. But, boy, Mike Leake has been just as good as pretty much any other pitcher out there, including A.J. Morris at Kansas State, who's a guy we probably should talk about uh, on another podcast, but uh, beating Baylor this weekend. He's 7-0. and But what about, uh, what about Arizona State has got them in this position besides Mike Leake? What, uh, what do you you think? know, Josh Spence is – I think the fact that they've got really co-aces there yeah. with Leak and Spence, I mean – uh, I think when you've got a, a one-two punch like that, it's 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 a it's a really nice luxury, um, you know. And, and their offense is, has been very good, you know. And uh, we thought it probably would be good. They usually do score runs, and we like their recruits a lot. Um, and those guys have produced. I mean, there's a reason they had the number one recruiting class in the country. It was deep, and and it were a lot of bats. It was mostly the bats is what they have. But yeah, I still I still think you know there's some question about the Sunday starter spot. I mean Seth Blair's been up and down a little bit, but he clearly is talented. Um, they gave Jason Franzblau a little uh, little run yesterday. He got got into a game. That sure. Good. And 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 you know they've got a little more. De- I think they've got a little more depth in in the pitching staff than they had last year. I agree. Um, you know with, with Swaggerty back there and Mitchell Lampson and I mean there's there's some there's some parts here. I, I think I think this team is just well constructed and and you know I don't think that they're necessarily better than than Rice in North Carolina and and Georgia like we've currently got them ranked. Um, but uh, I, I think that they're certainly going to be there. They're going to be a factor. Well, we'll see. We have Fullerton playing at Arizona State uh, in midweek, so pretty big week for Fullerton. Yeah. Uh, and we also have our main man, Connor Glassy, uh, one of our newest staffers, who's our one of our draft writers now. Connor's out uh, in his home state uh, in Washington, and he'll actually see uh, Arizona State at UW next weekend, and he'll talk to Mike Leak and – We'll have a first-hand account from Connor Glassy. Maybe Connor Glassy will be on the podcast next week instead of me. You might host the podcast. How novel would that be? I think our I think our listeners are, are looking for a, a John Manuel break. I, I think our listeners would rebel if that happened, John. <laughs> we'll see about that. It's the Baseball America podcast. He's Aaron. I'm John. We both have to uh, get this done quickly. So a uh, huge week, like you said, for Fullerton. They're at Arizona State for two at midweek. Then they're at home against Irvine next weekend. So a big test for the number one ranked Titans this week. It's interesting because I think you've got a couple of teams here that have huge, huge weeks. I mean, if you look at the top ten right now, I think six of them are, are playing each other this weekend. Uh, with, with Fullerton, Irvine, you've LSU, got LSU, Georgia, Georgia and Absolutely. you've got North Carolina, Georgia Tech. Uh, and also, if you if you're if you're you can really compare Georgia's week with Fullerton's week because Georgia's got two midweek games against Clemson. Oh yeah, so it's, very it's not quite Arizona State, but I mean it's you know it's it's the same. It's a five game week against five really good teams. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Those games should be very competitive. 
Uh, and then, you know, we, we just mentioned the Georgia LSU. You also mentioned uh, the Georgia Tech-North Carolina series. Georgia Tech's another team we haven't talked about a lot this year on the podcast. This is the antith- antithesis of the past Georgia Tech teams. We always used to rank Georgia Tech. They were uh, – that's what UCLA used to be. <laughs> when I was the college beat writer, the team we always overranked was Georgia Tech. And I always go back to the 2001 season to share as a junior. To share breaks his ankle early. Georgia Tech's our preseason cover boys with Teixeira on the college preview issue. They're preseason number one. The Beast of Burden issue. Beast of Burden cover. I love that cover. Uh, three out of three out of that was I think year two out of a four year stretch where three times in four years Georgia Tech had the most players on our preseason All America team. So scouts thought they were the most talented team basically. I had the most front end talent of any team in the country. And in 01, they didn't even finish in the top 25. They they got into regionals and they went 0 and 2 in regionals. Uh, at a regional at Georgia, I believe, that the Bulldogs won when uh, Jeff Keppinger took uh, Coastal Carolina deep. What was that guy's name at Coastal? I'll, I'll remember it sometime, but not not right now. But uh, the point being, now Georgia Tech is kind of like a scrappy, yeah. good college player team as opposed to a team loaded with prospects and an impressive series win for them this weekend against my University of Miami. It's a, it's a great observation, and, and, you know, the scouts will tell you uh, that when they look at Georgia Tech, that other than Zach Von Tersch, there is not a top draft guy, at least a draft-eligible guy on this team this year. I mean, right, because Doug McGuire could be a good draft next year. He'll be, I think, a, he's got a good chance to be a first-round pick next yep, year. Yep. Um, and certainly Derek Dietrich's going to go pretty good. I mean, they've Correct. got some talented guys. The freshmen are, right. are uh, it's a good freshman class. But, uh, but, you know, the older guys on this team, are, are, are scrappy guys who are just getting it done, and I think Luke Merton's having a nice season for himself. It's good to see that. Um, this team, I mean, I get the impression that Georgia Tech is, is the team most likely to challenge UNC in the ACC this year. I, I like Miami, you know, and I think Miami is, again, another, I hate to use that word scrappy again, but that's, I think, the best way to describe Miami this year. Um, I think Georgia Tech is a, is a better team than Miami, and they and they showed it this weekend. Um, it's a pretty big series win I I for the I, Yellow Jackets. I don't know what's going to happen this weekend with that, that North Carolina-Georgia Tech series. I still think North Carolina is, is the most talented team in this league and, and also the most experienced, um, and, and I expect North Carolina to go down there and win that series, but it's not going to be easy. Well, one thing that uh, North Carolina has been, I think, struggling with a little bit is the bullpen. Colin Bates has been a little shaky back there, but then Brian Moran comes through huge on Sunday with yeah. career-high six-plus innings. Georgia yep. Tech, meanwhile, their bullpen, I've heard great things about their freshman right-hander, Mark Pope. Yep. He's got seven saves. He's got big-time velocity, although I believe my boy at uh, Western Carolina owns him. What's that guy's Ross name? Ross Hefley. Ross Hefley owns him. He took him yard in the Georgia State 5A playoffs last year, as you can see on wow, YouTube. Wow, how about that nugget? You can see that on YouTube. I, I went to Ross Hefley's page, and he links to it. But uh, between Jake Davies, Zach Brewster, Mark Pope – this has been great bullpen work for Georgia Tech this year. I know I've seen Davies. It's Kyle Davies' younger brother, a guy that we're counting on. But I know Pope has big-time velocity. It seems like Georgia Tech does have some power arms in the bullpen behind McGuire, Von Tersch, and then uh, Kevin Jacob was having an outstanding year for them. Yeah, he, did, uh, he struggled on Sunday, though. They, they, that Sunday right, spot has right. been a little bit of a revolving door for those guys. Yeah, because he started the year in the bullpen. Now he's gone in the weekend rotation and didn't pitch as well. But that's, that's going to be a big weekend series as we look forward. Aaron was trying to wrap up the podcast looking back at last week. We basically went the same top, the same teams who were in last week's top 15 are in this week's top 15. There's some shuffling. Um, Ole Miss probably got hit a little bit harder than it should have, in a, in a way because of uh, you know, losing two out of three to LSU, but they were very competitive in that series. And they had a midweek loss too in there, right? Which probably helped. But, but number 16, East Carolina, 
uh, jumped six spots, not necessarily because they beat Marshall, mm-hmm. just because there was the they have played well and there's a vacuum there. Uh, from 16 to 25, Aaron, which team do you think is the best team out of that? Do you think it could be Virginia? Even though Virginia's – I wouldn't say they fail, but they haven't passed their two big tests against ranked clubs in Miami and North Carolina. Or is it a team like San Diego State that's got Steven Strasburg and kind of after that it's – you know, they're – They've won five out of his six starts, and you know you take them out of the equation to thirteen and eight, pretty average college baseball team. But they yeah. did figure out a way to win the Sunday game against uh, TCU and win a crucial series this weekend. Who do you like best in that sixteen to twenty-five uh, list? You know, I think I think you've got Virginia might be the most balanced team here, and Texas Christian I think is in this mix too. Although I think they've got some questions right now on the mound, and they've lost a couple of series here. And their offense has been pretty iffy as well. It seems like it has. Yeah, I mean, been consistent. I think they're. I think they're maybe they're not quite as good as as I had been as I thought they were. I mean, I, th- I think they're good. I think they're definitely a top twenty-five team, and I do think they're pretty well balanced. But um, you know. I, I think when I look at this group, East Carolina, New Mexico, um, you know, these are really good offensive teams. Right. You've got a couple of really good pitching teams with Oregon State. Um, I mean. Not a lot of balance back there. I not, think you're right. It's, and, it's, you know, San Diego State can pitch. If Addison Reed's healthy, which I think that was a little touch and go there for a week or so, you have a power arm closer with some upside. Obviously, you have Strasburg, you have Solo. They have some other arms. Solo though hasn't really he hasn't, hasn't really pitched down, for them he? even, has he? I mean, it's they, you know they use Berger on, on on Saturday and then Levine on Sunday. So I mean, I think they could use that's Nate other guy, Solo. That's the other guy I'm thinking of is Levine. I think Solo actually did. He, I think he hasn't started for two weeks. I think he's injured. Yeah. But um, like you said, there's not a balanced club. And the sixteen to twenty-five range really is there. And I mean, I think Virginia again. I think might be the most balanced. I was. I did come away from this weekend seeing Virginia a couple of times, feeling that they're they're a, a very talented team. I was impressed with them. They played hard. They've got more power than they've had in recent years. They still have a ton of speed. They're going to play good defense, and they've got arms. Uh, they just got to win. They just got to win the close games. They got, they got to win close games. They got to beat some teams that are yeah. that are good team. East Carolina hitting three sixty-seven. As a yeah. team, that is donkey. That's uh, uh, very good. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, when looking at this 16-25 range, um, you know, we, we there were a ton of different directors we could have gone in, and we ended up having a large debate about whether or not we wanted to leave Virginia in the rankings at number 24. They have lost back-to-back series. They don't really have a quality weekend series win. Um, and we ended up leaving them there because they, they've they've gone Who one. Else are rank? They've gone one and two the last two weekends against top 10 teams. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's about what they they should have done. I mean, really, they were in position to win all six of those games. They only won two of them. It certainly would have been better if they had won three out of those six games. I'd feel better if they'd won one of those series. Um, but I really don't know who else we could have ranked. Yeah, I mean, Middle Tennessee State's also twenty four and four has a similarly gaudy record. Really doesn't have as good of a series. Or any com- competition to hang its hat on. Uh, I would argue that the Middle Tennessee State's one series win against Missouri State is better than anything Virginia's really I- done. I'm actually more impressed by going on the road in North Carolina and l- going one and two than I am by going on the road and beating Mis- uh, or beating Missouri State in a series. I, that's, I, that's I, think a, I, I think that's a bigger deal. That's a fair point. And, and you know what else is, hey, you know, we gave the edge to Virginia here because we know what Virginia is. We've seen them. We We know their talent. We know their players. Uh, Middle Tennessee State is still more of an X factor, and I think there are some other teams that are in that group that are still have to prove themselves. Yeah, I mean, uh, Virginia has uh, I, you know, bottom line, like you said, they, they have more talent uh, in our estimation 
these other clubs. And if we're wrong, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be it'll be borne out over the year. Thankfully, <laughs> uh, the rankings are a good point of interest, but they don't really determine anything right, right. in college baseball. But uh, I, I definitely think Virginia, Virginia is a top twenty-five team, a team that can play like that against North Carolina and Miami. I do think is a top twenty-five caliber team, uh, but their track record does give you pause. They have lost against teams that are better than them for a long time now. Uh, they beat the teams that are worse than them, and the teams that are better than them, they rarely seem like they step up and uh, take advantage of those situations and, and, and beat those better teams, and that's that's how they haven't won regionals. That's why they haven't advanced uh, past the first uh, regional round of the NCAA tournament. We you know we left Cal Poly in the rankings this week, Aaron, after getting swept this weekend by Irvine. They did win three midweek games. They went three and three in the yeah. week, and and that's a team that is that has won series against Rice and, and California. I mean, those right. are a couple of quality series. Their body of work is is pretty solid. Absolutely, you talk about losing series, and Florida's been swept twice this year. But the right. Gators also have swept three series and against good uh, teams in Alabama and Louisville, and then the fringy Tennessee team that should be better than it is. I believe it's pronounced Louisville. Louisville, uh, as we've uh, found out during the NCAA tournament the last couple of years. But you know, like New Mexico, New Mexico is ranked 18th. Do I really think New Mexico is the 18th best team in the country? No. Do I think they deserve a spot in the top 25? Yeah, I do. I believe in Ray Birmingham. I believe that they have, again, power arms in the bullpen. I believe they can hit. I believe they're going to be a tough out for anybody if they play, no matter who they play. And they're going to be very tough at that conference, which yeah. suddenly is a pretty good baseball Three conference. Mountain West teams in the top 25? I had not realized that until I just said that and, out loud. And, and we'll find out you know, a lot more about New Mexico this weekend when they play TCU, I believe, at TCU. Well, that's going to be a big test. But that team, uh, I think, plays with a lot of confidence. And uh, I think it's it's good to have some different teams in the uh, in the poll. I still haven't convinced you on Illinois, trying to rank Illinois. But Aaron has, will have no don't, part of don't three lose a series. Teams. Don't lose a series to Central Connecticut State if you want to be ranked. How's that? That's fair. <laughs> that's very fair. I, I, I still haven't, uh, I haven't decided what I think of Big Ten baseball this year. Ohio State, yeah, they did beat Miami in the midweek game. And lost to Rollins. And they lost to Rollins, <laughs> a, a, a modest Division II program. So uh, I think the point of all of this is what you started off this discussion talking about and why 16-25 to 25 is so jumbled. Uh, there's a lot of parity out there. Yeah. And I really think the top 8-10 uh, to 10 teams have set themselves apart. And uh, the, go ahead, Aaron. One last thing in this group. The, the other team that I think I thought about – um, with San Diego here, and I think it's probably a little too early to bring them back into the rankings, but hey, sweeping Pepperdine is huge. Um, I think they're going to be A-OK even without Sammy Solis and, and Kevin Muno because look at what they've still got in the rotation. I mean, who's got really, how many teams have got a better rotation than, than Kyle Blair, Matt Thompson, and, and A.J. Griffin? I mean, there's a, there, are a few, there are a few, but not, not a lot. Many. Not that many. I, Matt Thompson is just pitching like crazy, and I, you know, I love that. I was all over that guy a couple years ago in the Alaska yeah. League and in the, and in the uh, California draft coverage. Aaron, real quick, last uh, wrap up the podcast with Luke Goode's question to podcast at baseballamerica.com. Uh, we do our West draft coverage, talking about this and that and the other. What about Eric Castro, Steven Strasburg's uh, catcher? What do you know about Eric Castro, and uh, where do we think of him draft-wise? Uh, you know, Luke, uh, Eric Castro came up a couple of years ago out of high school. He was a highly regarded high school player. He started his career at the University of Arizona. Right. And then transferred, and the whole knock on Eric Castro had been defense, but he also didn't hit enough uh, at Arizona. But, uh, you know, he is a guy on scouts' radar screens. I'm not sure how high he is on scouts' radar screens. This will be a good guy to bear down on a little bit for us. Uh, yeah. And this question will be I'll be able to use this to, to go forward on it. Uh, Connor's going to actually do our West draft coverage this year since he's actually, you know, from the West. But uh, – 
I think Eric Castro is a guy who, if he keeps this up over the year and if he performs, handling that kind of velocity and hitting, he could be a single-digit. He will be a single-digit draft yeah. pick because he's a left-handed hitting catcher, and and scouts do have a track record, a body of work on this guy. And that's that's right. how you get in the single digits. You get cross-checked, and scouts have seen you. You don't come out of nowhere. It's harder to come out of nowhere and go in the single digits than it is to be a guy like Eric Catcher, who yeah. got saw in, in, in showcases in high school. And this is a year where college catchers can can really uh, move up in a hurry. I think Mark Flurry is another guy from North Carolina who right. I could see going in the top three or four rounds because, uh, again, a left-hand hitting catcher. He's got some power. And he's uh, handling velocity. He's handling velocity for sure. And he also showed the ability to hit in the Cape last year. Yeah. So he he's a guy that a lot of national uh, you know scouts, scouting directors, cross-checkers have seen. Uh, so as long as the area guys like him, the, they're going to – that's going to be a guy that they're familiar with. So, I mean, Castro's hitting 347 right now with three home runs. And, uh, you know, defensively, um, as we said, I mean, he's handling uh, the best pitcher in the country, and it's not easy to do. So if you can't receive at all, he's only got four pass balls. If you can't receive, you, you won't stay in that job because we hear about it, and we have heard about it in other situations, whether it's the minor leagues or in colleges, uh, where one school is on their fourth string catcher and it affects uh, a pitcher. You know, it's, it's hard to pitch. Uh, if you don't have trust in the catcher to, to, to handle your best stuff. So, yeah. uh, great question, Luke. Luke always comes correct. Uh, you know, when, uh, questions at podcast at baseballamerica.com. So, Aaron, any parting shots in today's uh, top 25 rankings? That's all I got, John. I hope uh, you got in your San Diego uh, point. That's a good point. I hope there's a little more clarity next week. I, I'm, I'm looking for some of these teams to solidify their position a little bit in the back of the rankings. Well, the schedule this week looks awesome. So, look forward to yeah. some college baseball this week. and. Hope to see better quality games than the Virginia Tech-NC State game that we, three of us independently arrived at yesterday in Raleigh right. on a beautiful uh, weekend here in North uh, Carolina. I, I think only Jim Schoenard uh, was there for the hoary uh, four and a half hours of the thing, uh, the 19-8 finish. But, and that uh, was just game one of the double hitter. <laughs> right. So, for Aaron Fitt, I'm John Manuel. Again, send those questions to us for next week at podcast at baseballamerica.com. Until next week, so long, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.